Welcome to the Awake Church Podcast. At Awake, our mission is simple. Know God, take action. We pray this podcast will help you on that journey. Let me start with Acts chapter 1. And this is Jesus, after he had resurrected and he walked around for 40 days on the earth, after he was resurrected, he was talking about the Holy Spirit and the kingdom of heaven were really the two things that we know he talked about a lot while these 40 days took place. And then at the end of those 40 days, after he was resurrected from the dead, it says here in Acts chapter 1, verse 4, gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you heard of from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So Jesus, after talking about the Holy Spirit right before he died, then he's raised from the dead, speaks about the Holy Spirit, is coming and what's gonna happen. And then he says, wait, this is about to happen. And I am, goodness, I'm so grateful for what God has done for each one of us. He has planned everything. He has worked out everything. He has not held back in everything that you and I need in life from our freedom, from sin to salvation to having his spirit come and fill us. I'm so grateful for what he has done. And we are what the Bible says, we are the temples of God. Now, I want to explain that in a moment of how that happened, but first, let me just mention a couple of things where I, so I don't forget, but while we were worshiping today, uh, this doesn't always happen. If something just drops in my spirit, I heard something odd for someone here. Uh, I don't know who it's for, but here's, here's exactly what I heard. Start that pizzeria. So I don't know who that is. If you're thinking about some sort of business, um, if that is you, raise your hand, because I'm curious. If not, maybe that's someone who's watching. Kevin? Okay. Well, there you go. And the other thing I heard, or just um, for someone named Michael, someone named Michael in here, that you have been walking on this path, and uh, you've been tempted, or this been, would be easy to veer off this course and to do something that is not right, and you have stayed the course. It's just like the Lord was just seeing your heart and seeing what you've done and saying, great job. Stay on that path. You're gonna, there's great reward for you. So that Michael, whoever that is here or outside of here, I believe the Lord has something amazing for you and just like this encouragement to stay right on the track that you're going on. Okay, Acts chapter one. Jesus said, not many days from now, you're gonna be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Baptism, to be baptized, that's a Greek word there. Baptizo, which means to be submerged, immersed, all the way underneath, all the way underneath or within. And it's when, of course, when we do water baptisms here, as we did here on Resurrection Day, we got them all the way wet. That water went all the way around the outside. Of course, baptism in the Holy Spirit is also, use the same word, baptism, but it's, as an, an immersion of your spirit man, 
When you go, when we get water baptized, you close your mouth and plug your nose, right? And the water doesn't go on the inside. Holy Spirit baptism is the exact opposite. The Holy Spirit baptism fills you on the inside to overflowing. It's a baptism of the inner man. And it's, it, God does these things uh, so many times. He does the natural and then the spiritual. We'll get talk about it in a second here. Then in Acts 1 verse 6 says, so when they had come together, they were asking him saying, Lord, is it at this time you're restoring the kingdom to Israel? Remember, they were, this isn't the first time they were asking these type of questions. In the minds of the disciples, they were thinking in this moment, Jesus is gonna rule and reign and we are here, we're gonna get a seat next to him. So they're asking him again after he's risen from the dead, is now the time? And Jesus says to them, it is not for you to know times or epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. Like where Carol goes. You will be my witnesses everywhere. Jesus is saying here, don't get your mind tripped up and distracted on when things are gonna happen. But instead, focus on staying full and getting filled of the Holy Spirit. And focus on using, I'm gonna say that in a good way, the Spirit of God inside of you to share the gospel, to move in power, to live like Jesus lived, which is what he said in John 14, 12, that we can live the ways that he lived. So focus on those things. Don't get distracted by when things are gonna happen, when events are gonna take place. That's what Jesus' help to them. And the timings of God are just amazing to me. Uh, Chuck mentioned this. When Passover, which was the, really the passing over of the death angel because of the perfect lamb, this little baby lamb that they killed and the blood was used over the top of their doorway, and they were saved and then they moved out into the wilderness and they were freed from slavery. That was Passover. The fulfillment, that was the natural. The fulfillment of Passover was the Lamb of God, right? On a cross with his blood being shed and we were set free from our sin and slavery, right? So you had the natural first, then you had the reality second, which is so interesting. Although it's re both were real, but there was a higher reality with Jesus dying for everybody in the world, not just the Israelites from Egypt. And the Lord does this. He does the natural, then he does the spiritual. He created the body of Adam with his hands, but he was lifeless. He was there, but he was lifeless until he God breathed into him, put spirit inside of him. Then he came to life with personality and his eyes open and he could speak. So God did the natural, and then he gave the spiritual. God did the, the Passover, the deliverance for the Israelites out of Egypt, and then the reality of Jesus dying on a cross, the Lamb of God. There are three feasts that symbolize three powerful things in history. The first one is the Passover. The second one is called the Feast of Weeks. The Feast of Weeks, which is a celebration of the first fruits of the first harvest. In Israel, there are two harvests a year. And the Feast of Weeks is a celebration of the first harvest from the first harvest of, of the year. It's also the celebration, get this, of 
the law coming to mankind. The Ten Commandments, when Moses went up on the mountain, Mount Sinai, and the mountain caught fire at the top and smoke and scared everybody, then Moses came down with these tablets in his hand, with the law. That day corresponds with the Feast of Weeks. So it was a celebration of first harvest. Thank you, Lord, for the harvest we have. But it was also saying, thank you, God, for giving us the law. And the Spirit um, really met with Moses. That fire on the mountain represented the presence of God meeting with Moses. And by the way, 3,000 people died that day because when he came down the mountain, what was going on? They thought he was dead. They built a golden calf. They were worshiping it. And um, 3,000 people died that day. Fast forward. The fulfillment of this one, 1,500 years later as well, is what? It is Pentecost. It's, it's the Holy Spirit coming to the earth. And what happens on their heads immediately? Fire. So it's the fulfillment. You've got the picture here back at Mount Sinai, and you've got this even greater reality that the presence of God isn't just on a mountain with one man. The presence of God is on all of those who follow Jesus, on all those who receive him, right? And how many got saved that day? 3,000. 3,000 died. The day the law came, fire on the mountain, 3,000 get saved. The day fire comes on the heads of all of those who received the Holy Spirit, who waited those few days and corresponded exactly with the celebration of the Feast of Weeks. God does these things. He set these, his calendar is different than ours. God's calendar is really different than ours. Passover is super important, fulfillment. Feast of Weeks, celebration, they're just doing this every year, fulfillment. Guess what the third one is? Feast of Tabernacles. That happens in the fall. I don't have time to talk about that today, but we will. That's the Feast of Trumpets. Something yet to happen will happen, I think, during that period. I think it's pretty clear. We, know, we don't know the day or the hour that Jesus is returning. I think we know the season. The Feast of Trumpets, I think, is pretty clear in the Bible. We'll talk about that another time. Anyway, back to Feast of Weeks. When Jesus said, go and wait, these who were listening to him went, some of them anyway, the 11 remaining disciples, as well as 109 other people, because there are 120 of them in this upper room. They're waiting there for 10 days, praying, fasting, singing. And then Acts chapter two, verse one, it says, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven, this is what they've been waiting for forever. Forever, but for this moment, there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. You know, Jesus said in John 3, the wind blows where it wishes you don't hear the sound, excuse me, and you hear the sound of it, you don't know where it comes from, where it's going. So is everyone who's born of the Spirit. Something about wind that is like the Spirit of God. That's how, that's what first happened when he comes into the room. You hear this loud, violent wind. Verse three, and there appeared to them tongues as a fire distributing themselves as they rested on each one of them. Again, this speaks of the presence of God is no longer on a mountain or somewhere else. The presence of God 
from the plan from the beginning is to live on the inside of people. This is one of the greatest mysteries of all time. Colossians says this. This is the mystery that is Christ in you. It's the spirit of God living inside of you. That we are walking around temples of God. Not separate from him. Not God somewhere else. And we're here and we try our best and hope it works. But instead, it's, he completely changed everything. Those fire on their heads represented now the presence of God. You're the mountain, you're the ark, you're the temple. And the presence of God is right here. He's within us. Incredible. Verse five. And it wasn't, by the way, just, just disciples, apostles that got baptized in this Holy Spirit. It was everybody in that room. Men, women, young, old, whoever was there. Whoever wanted him. They received it. Verse five, now, there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. When the sound occur, occurred, the crowd came together and were bewildered because each one of them was hearing them speak in his own language. They were amazed and astonished, saying, why are not all these who are speaking, are they Galileans? They were shocked to hear languages coming out of Galileans, untrained, uneducated people that were in the language of other people. That God is the master of language, right? He can speak any language. He knows all languages. In the beginning, he spoke. I don't know what language that was. Could have been Hebrew, we don't know. But he can speak in any language around the world. And he started to speak through them. I have a friend, his name's Graham. He lives on Vancouver Island. Uh, he, we've had him here several times actually as well, years ago. And he does a lot of personal ministry, one-on-one -on -one deliverance with people, travels around the world doing this, but he only knows English. And he has a spiritual language. And oftentimes, nearly every time, as he's praying for someone in another country and he starts praying in the spirit over them, he doesn't know what he's praying. And Many, many, many times, he's told me several of these stories, he says, the people will say, we didn't know you knew our language. And he says, I don't. And he says, what, are you, what, what did I say? And they say the same thing almost every time. You are talking about the goodness and the greatness and the majesty of God. He was in a bathroom one day, in the, bathroom, in the men's room, and he just started praying in the spirit just praying in the spirit. And one of the guys, came, he, he didn't realize there was someone else in there. And the guy said, uh, hey, yeah, I, wow, I didn't know you knew our language. And he, he said the same thing, I don't. What did I say? He said, you were blessing God. You were praising God in our mother tongue. It's the spirit of God. In fact, um, let's read this next verse. It's um, verse eight. And now, and how is it that we hear, excuse me, we each hear them in our own language to which we were born? Parthians and Medes, Elamites, Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and districts of Libya around Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them in our own tongues. And what are they doing? speaking of the mighty deeds of God. When they're praying in the spirit, 
What they're doing is praying in their own, in the language of these other people, the mighty deeds of God. God is great, God's amazing, God's magnificent, he can do anything. Nothing is impossible for him. Those kind of things are coming out in mother tongue. And they all continued in amazement and great perplexity, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others were mocking and saying, they're just full of sweet wine. They've been drinking. They've been drinking here this morning. Tongues is a beautiful language that God gives us. And I'm telling you what, just as I talked about last week, the enemy has tried so hard, and he's been very successful in many ways, to try and make the gift of tongues and this other language seem like it's for crazy people, or it's super weird, or it's demonic. And that's taught in many churches. When here we see, and Jesus said, when I send the Holy Spirit, he will be with you forever. And what does he do? Well, we've got nine gifts and we've got nine fruits of the things that he does. And one of them happens to be tongues. Oh man, I I pray in the Spirit every day. Paul said, I pray more than all y'all. Well, that was the Southern version. (laughs) He did. He said, I pray more than everybody else in the Holy Spirit. No problem praying in the Spirit. In fact, Jude says, when you pray in the Spirit, you build yourself up on your most holy faith. Something happens when you're declaring the goodness and greatness of God in a language you don't even know. There's something so wonderful. The enemy doesn't understand it either, which I like that part. When you pray in the Spirit, I pray in the Spirit a lot of times when I don't don't know what to pray. When I don't know what to pray, I pray in the Spirit. This is this wonderful aspect, one of them, of the Holy Spirit, that he's in us, he's with us, he never leaves us. And we'll get talking more about tongues. I think next week we'll talk more about the gifts of the Spirit and talk about more of these things. But Jesus said, again, this Holy Spirit is for every person. Well, after this happens, they're speaking the other language, Peter stands up because a crowd is gathered and he preaches to them. He preaches the gospel. He shares with them what has just happened. You've got Peter. He was bold at times, but sometimes he wasn't. But right now, he gets up and he starts preaching. He takes, he takes the lead. Chapter 2, verse 37, it's after he preaches, it says, Now when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart with conviction and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brethren, what shall we do? I told the story about the witch doctor last week. And that's what he said to, that's what he said to me. What do you want me to do? The Holy Spirit pierced his heart. He didn't know what was going on. He said, what do you want me to do? That's what happened here. What shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. When you repent, when you get baptized in the name of Jesus, you're believing in him, then there's this gift of the Holy Spirit that can happen next. You'll receive him if you want him. For the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. In other words, every generation until Jesus returns can get a baptism in the Holy Spirit. It wasn't just for the first century apostles. So very clear. Again, demonic theology saying the Holy Spirit isn't needed anymore. He was just there for the first 
um, you know, just the first apostles, just to show who Jesus was, and that was it. That is just so, it's not true, it's unbiblical. The truth is here, Peter says it, this promise is for you and your children and all who are far off. The Holy Spirit hasn't waited two thousands of years at this point, 4,000 years to come to the earth to be there for 60 years. And then to quit. No, Jesus said he's gonna be there forever, forever with us. And this promise is for every single one of us. The great promise of the Holy Spirit, the great surprise is for you and I. And from that moment, these disciples who got baptized in this Holy Spirit were different. You see the difference. You read, you read the gospel, especially the end, right, as Jesus died and how the, the disciples behaved and the fear that they had, which I'm not saying I would have been better, but they had some fear. They were hiding in a room. They were afraid of the Romans. They're afraid of dying like they just saw Jesus die from a distance. Next thing you know, they get baptized in the Holy Spirit and they are superstars in the sense that they're bold. They're full of courage. They're not afraid any longer. They're not hiding in a room. I mean, it's not that the Romans were less dangerous or didn't or, you know, hold down their hatred of Christians. The exact opposite, actually. At Stephen, the great persecution started more than ever. But these disciples, full of the Holy Spirit, they can't contain themselves. They're out there preaching. They're out there healing. It says of Peter, even his shadow falling. I see my shadow right over there. Falling on people, people would get healed. Goodness sakes. There's something that changed inside of them when the Holy Spirit came. Now, I'm gonna fast forward here. 25 years from this moment, fast forward 25 years, and we get to Acts chapter 19. Saul who used to be Saul, is now Paul. He's been converted. He's ministering. He's on his third missionary trip, right? And we find him in Acts 19 on his third missionary trip. Verse one, it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the upper country and came to Ephesus and found some disciples. They were probably disciples of John the Baptist or so. They'd heard about Jesus. They'd heard the re about repentance. And Paul says to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, no. We've not even heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. They missed Pentecost. Of course, they're a long way away. And he said, into what then were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. Paul said, well, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling people to believe in him who was coming after him, that is in Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. And they began speaking with tongues and prophesying. There were in all 12 men. Again, these weren't apostles. They get hands laid on them. They already believed, but they hadn't had this experience. This, they haven't received this gift, this free gift of the Holy Spirit that baptized them. And there's certainly a difference. I've recognized in my life, there is a huge need in my life for baptism in the Holy Spirit. I recognized it when I was a teenager. I would see people on fire for God and I had this love for God, but I did not feel powerful in any way. I did not feel courageous in any way. 
And I wondered how God really felt about me, honestly. So I started crying out for the Holy Spirit. That's a dangerous thing to do. In a great way, it's a dangerous thing to do. It's what John Wesley and Charles Wesley started doing. They started crying out for the Holy Spirit. They started saying, I need something more than I have. I believe in Jesus and I'm so thankful my sins are forgiven. But there's something of a power that's missing because Jesus said, when he comes, you have power. Power over sin, power to be a witness, power to release healing. I recognize that in my life. And um, my story though was, I prayed, I prayed, I prayed, I prayed, I prayed, I prayed, and nothing happened. That was, that was how I felt. It was like, I got frustrated. Why is this not happening? I've seen this happening for other people. Why is this not happening for me? And then one day, I think it's Luke chapter 11, verse 13, Jesus said, he said, the Holy Spirit, the Father wants to give the Holy Spirit as much of the Holy Spirit as you need to all who ask. If you ask, you will receive them. And I realized as this thought hit me, oh boy, this is also faith. This isn't just about me waiting for a smack or waiting for something to bam happen to me, though that happens for some people. But I also need to believe that God wants to give this to me. And when I ask, he will if I will receive it. So I made that adjustment in my brain and in my heart, and I said, I asked him, I know, you just said, Jesus said, that you want to give the Holy Spirit even more than I want him. So I want him. Would you give him to me? And I believe that you're giving him to me now. And I receive him into my heart, into my life, into my body, to baptize, to immerse my spirit man so that what Jesus said, rivers of living water would flow from me. And when I did that, I didn't feel anything. And I went on, and next thing I know, I have these small syllables that start to form, and, I would, and they sounded so dumb. But I would just quietly, around no one else, I would just let that happen, and then I just believe, no, you have baptized me in the Holy Spirit. So whether I speak in tongues or not, you're in me. But I also want tongues. I want a special language that you have for me. Whatever special language you want, this is in the Bible over and over and over. I want that. And over time, this language came, then a different language, then a different language. Now, I don't know how many I have, and I still don't understand one thing about it, but I can, as I pray in the Spirit, as I pray in the Spirit, I have no idea what I'm saying. And sometimes it's for interpretation. It wasn't right there. Sometimes it's for my edification. Sometimes I war in the spirit. I will pray warring prayers. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will pray like a warring tongue. You ever get one of those? Yeah. Sometimes, you know, one of the most beautiful things of my favorite is when the whole church is singing in the spirit. That is, that is one of my all-time favorites. You get everybody singing in the spirit, declaring the greatness of God in a language that none of us know. It's like, whoo. There's so many different kinds of tongues. We'll talk about that later. But as I asked, I received. And then what happened to me is I changed from a selfish person to a person who wanted to give. That was one of the, the clear marks in my life. For me, the Holy Spirit not only came with a power, but a confidence, and I became less selfish. I, I started seeing the needs of other people. Carol was just talking about 
Why don't people, why don't their hearts burn and, and just are broken for those who are, who are hurting on the other side of the world? The Holy Spirit is part of that answer. When he baptizes us, when, he, when we are immersed in him, all of a sudden our heart beats for the things that the Lord's heart beats for. Our heart burns for the things that he's thinking about and feeling. Those things happen. And there's a difference between someone who's following Jesus to the best of their ability and someone who has the overflowing power of the Holy Spirit on the inside. There's a difference. We need him. I can live, I can just try and try and try and follow Jesus and trust him and try and try, but there's a difference between the Holy Spirit living on the inside, helping me do those things. There just is. And that's the intention. The intention is for us to be dependent upon him and that we would be like the wind a little bit. That not everything in life is linear. I can't figure everything out. One plus one doesn't always equal two in the spirit. There's these, I, you know, well, you've experienced this too. You will get moved to a certain place with a job in a certain place, but ultimately that's not why you're there. God got you there to get you somewhere else, but you couldn't have seen this somewhere else until you got there first because you were over here. Does that make sense? That's the spirit. He will lead you. He doesn't lead you in straight lines, hardly ever. It's usually, and you find this in the scriptures, read the book of Acts, we'll go through that as well. Paul gets, he's going one place, he gets distracted, he goes somewhere else. Jesus is going one place, this lady tugs on his, on his cloak, and then another guy comes and says, my daughter died, and you know, all, it's all over the place. So if your life isn't very linear, you probably are being led by the Spirit of God, just, just to let you know. If we can figure everything out and everything just fits into a box, you're called a religious person. I'm serious, I'm serious, that is really true. That is the thing that missed out on Jesus, the Messiah, coming to the earth, was the religious spirit. They had everything figured out. They knew exactly what it's supposed to look like. It's supposed to look like this. The Messiah's going to look like this. It's going to happen this way. And when it didn't, they rejected and they killed him. Right? Those who are led by the Spirit, it's like, oh my goodness, you can feel in your, in your spirit, you know, no, this, this is God. I don't understand it all the way, but something's here. I mean, his disciples went, had to be going, okay, I know the Torah, but this man, there's something about him. He's raising the dead. I'm paying attention. My spirit feels different, right? Okay, I've got to get moving. I'm sorry. A couple more minutes. There are so many, you know, there have been millions of people who have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Millions. A lot. Let me name a couple of people. Jonathan Goforth. If, you're a, if you ever study missionary work, Jonathan Goforth is a great one. I've got another story I can't tell you about that, but Jonathan Goforth, Samuel Morris, one of my absolute favorites. His name was Kaboo from Africa. You've heard me tell his story before. He absolutely came from Africa, got baptized in the Holy Spirit, had this hunger for the Holy Spirit. Hunger for the Holy Spirit. Gets baptized and ends up going to, what's the name of the university? Taylor University in Indiana and turn that place upside down. Absolutely changed it. Healings, people getting saved and saved and saved and people getting set free, amazing. The Azusa Street Revival, which happened in early 1900s. Um, lots of story there too. Let me read you a quote by 
someone that you will all know his name. Here's what he says. I am convinced that to be filled with the Spirit is not an option, but a necessity. It is indispensable for the abundant life and for fruitful service. The Spirit-filled life is not abnormal. It is the normal Christian life. Anything less is subnormal. It is less than what God wants and provides for his children. Therefore, to be filled with the Spirit should never be thought of as an unusual or unique experience for or known by only a select few. It is intended for all, needed by all, available to all. That is why the Scripture commands all of us, be filled with the Spirit. That's Billy Graham. So Billy Graham said, be filled with the Spirit. Ephesians 5 talks about it. It says, don't get drunk with wine. Here's something better. Get filled with the Holy Spirit. Drink in. Get filled with the Holy Spirit. It says of four people in the New Testament that they were full of the Holy Spirit. That means to me, you can be full or you can be not so full. Right? We can choose to be full of the Spirit. And we can receive him and let him fill us and baptize us and do things that I can't do, he will do. The Holy Spirit is the helper. Oh, I love that part. Man, do I love that part. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You are the helper. He's the comforter. He's the deliverer. He changes us to become what we cannot on our own. He's the one that reveals truth to us. Deceptions break off when we have the Spirit of God on the inside. He convicts us of sin so that we can repent, which is a beautiful gift. He gives us power to overcome sin. So many people who battle with the same sin over and over and over and over feel like they're just chained to it. They need to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. They need the infilling of the Spirit of God to free them from that thing that's like a chain. He's gonna do that for some people in here today. This is gonna happen today. Especially if you had this thing, just was like, man, I keep going back to this. What? Why is this thing still there? The Lord wants to break that off of you. Fill you with his spirit, cause you be a, have power to be a witness, power over sin. The resurrection of Jesus provides everything we need to have victory over sin. And then Jesus said, here's the Holy Spirit that's gonna help you. Here's the Holy Spirit. He's gonna live inside of you. Okay, God is not limited to time or space. He's only limited by our desire and our faith. If you don't want him, he doesn't come. He's amazing that way. God, in all of his wisdom, did everything by invitation. He doesn't force himself on anybody. But if we want him, it's like Jesus said, the Father will give you as much as you need of the Holy Spirit. As much as you need if we want him. But if we're fearful and not sure, don't want him, guess what? We don't get him. Wow. It's amazing that God is that way. But he is all about those who want him. He will give them as much as we need. So today, I want to invite people to receive this gift of the Holy Spirit on this anniversary, this Pentecost anniversary. Remembering the day that he came, 2,000 years ago, and you can be filled with him. And he doesn't have to, you don't have to necessarily have hands laid on you. For those who are watching online around the world, you've got no one there with you. It's okay. You can just look to the Lord, ask, 
and receive his spirit to baptize you, to immerse you, to cover over everything on the inside and to fill you to overflowing. And then ask him for that language. Prophecy is part of this as well. So many other gifts. I'm telling you what, we wouldn't be in this building right now if it weren't for prophecy, which comes from the Holy Spirit. My marriage was prophesied. This facility and this church was prophesied. I'm walking into prophecies that came by the Holy Spirit. Your life, how many things in your life the Holy Spirit started, initiated, spoke to you, you walked into, or you had a dream. The Holy Spirit is the giver of dreams, says in Joel. He's the giver of dreams. He will give you wisdom and help other people as well through your dreams. But I would like to invite our prayer teams to come up first. So if they could come up and then um, David or Brad or someone, yeah, Brad's on the way. I just, here's what we're going to do. When Paul went in Acts chapter 19, third missionary journey, he'd simply ask, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you start believing? And they said, nope, didn't know we could do that. Didn't know that was a possibility. Didn't know that was available. I just thought that the Spirit just resided in me already. Paul said, well, you know what? You can right now. And he said, he laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So those up here, if you would like to receive a baptism of the Holy Spirit, here's what that doesn't mean. That doesn't mean you become weird. That means that you become full of peace and power and you have a helper and you are, have comfort and you have joy and you have power over sin and all of those wonderful things. Unlimited. It was said of Jesus that he gives the spirit without measure. Gives the spirit without measure. You can't even measure. You can't even comprehend all that God wants to do. And here's what I believe that we cannot, you and I, I think it's impossible for us to fulfill our purpose and plan of God on this earth without the baptism, the fullness of the Spirit on the inside of us. We can try, we can eke, we can strive, lots of effort, and it's like, this is going nowhere. This is going nowhere. It's the Holy Spirit on the inside doing things. You read these book of Acts, what happens to these disciples? Like, what in the world? What was the difference between before and after? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit on the inside. God has dreams for you that you've never had before you're gonna start having. He's got people that you're gonna pray for that you get healed that didn't get healed before. He's got freedom from sin and bondage for you today. He's got languages for you. Languages. You may be praying over someone who speaks another language and you're gonna start praying in their tongue and not even realize it. Plus, you've got this secret language to build yourself up in your most holy faith. The Holy Spirit is real. He was planned. It took thousands of years for him to come and at the right moment, feast of weeks, Jesus said, now's the time. And he's still here and he's not lost any power. All the way forever, Jesus said, he's with you. If you'd like to get prayer for baptism of the Holy Spirit, I'll just invite you to come down. If you would like to receive Jesus, come on down. We got people, all they're gonna do, they're not going to scare you at all, they're just gonna lay their hands on you and impart to you what they've been given. It's for everyone. All who are far off, our children, our grandchildren, our great-great-grandchildren, everybody out there, the Holy Spirit, wants to fill and baptize. He is so wonderful. He is so good. 
It's the goodness of God. The Lord wants to fill you if you're at home right now. He wants to baptize you. He wants to give you something beyond anything you've ever had. It's the ministry of Jesus. John the Baptist said, when Jesus comes, he's gonna baptize in the Holy Spirit. Well, he didn't until he was resurrected and went to heaven and then he sent the Holy Spirit to baptize us. And so even right now, those who are at home, those maybe sitting in your seat still, and you want him, just open up your spirit. And those who have been baptized already, you want a refilling. You want a refilling. That can happen right this moment. I need this often. Here's what I do a lot of times. I will go to the bathroom, close the door, and get refilled. Just open up your spirit and receive. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, the one who is the baptizer, I ask you to baptize and fill me with the spirit of God that formed the earth, that formed the worlds, that makes things happen, that lives here. I am the temple of the living God, you said, and I receive you into my life this moment. Come and baptize, come and fill, come and fill to overflowing. Let it, what Jesus said, take place, that rivers of living water will flow out of me. Rivers, not a creek, not a stream, not a drop, but rivers of living water flow out of me, out of everybody here. Unending, unending words of knowledge, words of wisdom, tongues, spiritual languages, power to be witnesses. Those who are battling with sin and feeling anchored and chained to repetitive sin and doing the wrong thing, the very thing they don't want to do. We right now, in Jesus' name, break the power of that sin and break those chains and speak the power of the Holy Spirit in bodies, in hearts and minds and deliverance and freedom right now. Freedom and deliverance right now. Those old chains fallen off. Those old addictions broken. Whether it's smoking stuff, drinking stuff, looking at stuff, doing stuff. Whatever it is, the power of that sin broken by the spirit of the living God who lives on the inside. You are the temple of the living God. Receive him. Receive him into your temple. I do that with the breath. Just breathe in. Breathe in the Holy Spirit. He's like a fresh rushing wind. That air goes right down your throat into your lungs. The Spirit of God fills you. The Spirit of God fills you to overflowing. New day, new life, new dreams, new hope. Depression, broken off people. There's someone, depression is breaking off of you right now, forever. That thing that has been hounding you and jumps on your back, we break the power of it in Jesus' name now and forever. No more depression but a joy and a rejoicing and a celebrating and a going and sharing and being full of joy. Words in your heart and mind that you've never said before about the gospel, about the kingdom, about the goodness of God. You are depressed no longer. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for filling us. Thank you for new languages. If you want to add a language to us today, we'll receive that too. 
all that you have, the fullness of God we want in our lives. We don't want half-baked. We don't want to just believe in our mind. We want our mind, our soul, our body, our spirit to be in love with you. To love the Lord our God with all of our heart, our soul, our body, our minds, our strength. Fill. Fill us, Holy Spirit. We receive you. Thank you for listening to today's message. For updates on future episodes, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review to let us know how we're doing. For more information about Awake Church, visit awakechurch.com.